If you got your Bibles, turn with me to John's Gospel. We're going to be in the Gospel of John, the very first chapter. And what we're looking at is the Word and the World. Amen. The Word and the World. Now when we do this, we're going to focus on a couple verses there, uh, 10 through 12. But uh, we're going to look at the world and the world. They're always at odds at each other, aren't they? Amen. The word and the world don't correspond. They don't go together. What God says and what the world says does not go together. That's right. It's different. So let's look at John's Gospel, beginning in verse 1. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Amen. And all things, remember that all things were made by Him. And without Him was there not anything made that was made. In Him was what? Life. life. And He was the life. Was the midnight of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and darkness comprehended not. Now He goes into John the Baptist. Right? Now there was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light. He's talking about John the Baptist. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world do him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him to give them power, he gave power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of the man, but of God. Amen. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace, full of truth. Amen. Let's Amen. pray. Fathers, we bow our heads to you today. Knowing that you are the God, the creator of all things. You created everything, this world, everything in it, everything above it, everything below it. Amen. And Father, you're the giver of life, as we just read. Open it up to us today about the word and the world. We know they don't go together. But God, let you proceed from them and open our hearts today, even though we're in the world. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God uh, visit. God, look at it this way: God visiting the world He made. God visiting what He corresponded together and knit together and put in all motion. And He comes to the world that He created. And the Bible has this, what's known as the saddest words in the Bible. And they knew him not. Amen. They knew him not. Isn't this something to be? It, nobody likes to be rejected. Nobody likes to feel rejected. Nobody likes to feel out of place. That's why when you come to the church, you should feel we're all one. And you know, when you get to heaven, guess how, how people got there? The same way you did. Amen. There's one way. That's right. That's only one way. But when we come among people, we are to feel accepted. We're, we want to feel loved. We want to feel received. We want to feel those things. God didn't want to feel anything no different than that. But the Bible says 
that he came into the world and the world knew him not. He was in the world. And the world was made by him and the world knew him not. So we read this, God visiting what he made. Compare God coming to the world that he made with people and he did and of course they disobeyed him in the Garden of Eden, you know that. But he comes to the world and he comes into the world that he had made and the people, but they're all holding their self-made gods. Amen. We have self-made gods, don't we? And he's wanting to be, God says, I'm a jealous God. You worship me in spirit and in truth. But we all have these self-made gods. You go to different places, they all have these self-made gods. Gods of wood, gods of clay, uh, uh, gods of different things that they've sculpted together. And we have our own gods in our minds, something that we serve. Something that we serve more than we do God. See, we see those things. And they're there. They become gods. Anything we put above the living God who gave you breath, gave you life, becomes your God. If it takes preeminence over the God of heaven. Now, we all have things to do. And we're not talking about just sitting, meditating upon God. He knows that. But know where it came from first. Know how it got there first. Know what happened first and that God made it. But they had completely forgotten the God that had made them. They had forgotten the God that gave them the air that they breathed. They had forgotten the God that gave them the life and the heartbeat of their very chest. They had forgotten the God who had done that. And the world knew Him not. He's talking about. So compare God coming in, he finds all these self-made gods. It's incomprehensible that he created the universe and would live in that universe at the same time and place in history, but he did just that when he came from heaven as God in the flesh. Right. When God visited the earth, it was Jesus. Amen. He came God in the flesh. So the word here is a Greek word called logos. When we look at the word in the world. So that Greek word logos is the word and the world does not correspond together. It's alienated. It's an outcast together. Because the world says just go ahead and do this. And you won't feel a thing. Everything's going to be alright. It's going to be better. You're going to be financially better. You're going to be better off. You're going to be able to forget some things. But God says it's the things not to do. So we war together, don't we? But they said, it'll feel good if you do this. This will make you better. This will make you be liked. This will make you be accepted instead of rejected if you'll just fall into their place. See how happy they are. But God says not to do it. It's the Word and the world is always at odds. Amen. The world tells you to do things against what God does. And who says that? Who sets that in place? The devil does. He said, oh, you can do this. Ain't no harm in it. God says, don't do it. It'll kill you. It happened right in the Garden of Eden, didn't it? God said, don't touch it or you're going to die. And you know what the devil come in there and said? Uh, God surely didn't say you'd die, did he? And they did disobey the Lord. And the devil says, go ahead and touch it. You won't surely die. Everything's going to be all right. That's the world. 
God says everything's not going to be all right unless you trust in Him fully. So we look at this word logos, which is, means it's alien, it's outcast. So here's what we see here. When we see that, we're looking at the word in the world, His own people did not receive Him. His own people did not receive verse 10. He was in the world. The world was made by him. And the world knew him not. God came to his own home. And the door was slammed. Came to his own people. And they shut him out. See Israel is certainly signified here in rejection. Because they rejected the Lord Jesus Christ. They had chosen as a, they were chosen as a special people from God. And they had been told about the coming throughout the history. Throughout their history, they've been told there's a Messiah coming. There's a Messiah coming. And His name's Jesus, and you will know Him. And the prophets talked about Him. The psalmist sung about Him. And all of Israel's history had been trained up that they would receive and come to know this Messiah named Jesus, God in the flesh, who would come down from heaven. And they rejected Him. When he got there, they knew him not. They turned their backs on him. As a matter of fact, we know the end of the story, they crucified him. But he was sent here to die as a sacrifice for all sins. Whether Greek or Jew or whoever they were. So not only did they not receive him as the Messiah, but they accused him of doing his works in the name of Satan. When he got here. In his power, see the old Israel's rejection of God, however, is no more serious than the new Israel's rejection of him. Churches today are full of people who do not receive him. And the churches are full of people who do not receive him. They're there. They're going through the motions, but they don't know an intimate relationship with the Holy Father. They're there and they tend every Sunday, but they never made a confession of faith to trust and receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. Uh-huh. See, it's different to know Him than to truly know Him right. within your heart to come out and know Him. See, and we may worship Him with our lips and reject Him with our hearts. We have a tendency to live by our own plans, though, don't we? We all do. We have a tendency to live by our own plans, depend upon our own resources, make our own decisions, set up our own gods, worry about our own failures, and become engrossed in our own fears as if there were no Jesus. When as a Christian who's received Him can call out for the Lord to have, for leadership and guidance, without knowing Him, You can't call out to Him. You see, His own people didn't receive Him. See, how many people do you know today who live as though Jesus had never lived? That's a good word. How many people you know today is living as though Jesus had never lived? They're doing their own thing. They like to have their own gods. We like to do our own stuff. Think of this way. How much difference is there in the conduct of people say in Japan or India where a very small percentage of people are Christians do you know those countries poses a very small percentage of Christians because they made their own gods not the God who gave them life you see 
Christians, we live for Jesus. Amen. We're supposed to recognize where the very breath of our uh, nostrils come from, where the air comes from, where the light comes from, where the gifts come from, where we receive Christ as Savior, where all those things come from. And we recognize we can't do it on our own. I'll tell you what, when you go to church and uh, you feel like a, a, a sinner or something, guess what? You're among a lot of them. We're all sinners. We're all sinners. But we trust in Jesus. That's the difference. To deliver us. We've received Him. So how much different is my life than those who do not recognize Jesus? We could ask that question. That's a good question. And how much different is my life than those who do not recognize Jesus as the Son of God? How different is my life from what it would be if I had never known Him? Well, it could have been a lot different, couldn't it? See, verse 10, the world knew him not. Verse 11, his own people knew him not. Did you notice that? He came to his own, and his own received him not. The Jews did Unrecognizable to them. In the world as creator, in the world as redeemer, and rejected among his own people. That's like going home to your family, and you open the door, and they say, guess what? I don't even know who you are. We've got our own. We've replaced you with somebody else. We've replaced you with somebody better than what you are. We've replaced you with something that's uh, more satisfying than what you was. How would that make you feel? Well, to a kid, that would be devastating, wouldn't it? To an adult, it'd be maddening, wouldn't it? <laughs> we would get mad. We know, lose our temper. Well, what happened was what we did. What happened? What changed it? That's what happened to God. He had set it up. They had studied it all through. You see this word, and the world don't agree. It does not correspond. The Bible gives us instructions on righteous living. The world will give you instructions on unrighteous living and make it sound like you're living righteously and make it sound like you're living gloriously. It's kind of like the soap operas. That's exactly what they are, the soap opera. Nobody lives that kind of life. It's kind of like watching Lifetime. If you watch Lifetime movies, and I do, everybody's rich. Nobody works. You ever notice that? They live in million-dollar homes, drive $80,000 cars, but they don't work. And their family's perfect most of the time. That is unreal. That's in... That's a Hollywood world, isn't it? We don't live in a Hollywood world. We live in the real world Amen. where God is the creator, Amen. not Hollywood. Uh -huh. Where God is the sustainer. Where God is the redeemer. Right. None of those things. They make you think you're happy, but you know what? They never last. Amen. Then secondly, I only had two points, sir. Uh, some people received him. If you notice that. But as many in verse 12 as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe in his name. Some people received him. That's another Greek word, lambano. Uh -huh. It's to seize, right. to accept, to be amazed, to attain, and to catch, uh -huh. and reliability. Yeah. That's a good word. See, some people believe in His name. They received Him. This means that they believed in Him as a person. They believed 
what we have to believe. They believed that Jesus Christ was God in the flesh, sent from heaven, come to die for their sins. Right. And that's the only way they can be redeemed. They believed that. Amen. Some believed that. They say for every 100 people that you witness to, one will come to know Jesus. That's, right. yeah. that's just what I heard last. See, they believed in Him as a God in the flesh among us. As that old Roman soldier said, surely, surely this is the Son of God. Uh-huh. You know, John was fond of the word believe or receive. He used it several times throughout the Bible. Jesus told Nicodemus that whoever believes in God's Son may have eternal life, didn't he? Believe. He continued, whoever believes in Him not is condemned, but whosoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed or received in the name of God's one and only Son, only begotten Son. So whoever believes... And the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains. People responded to Jesus by saying, Lord, several times throughout the Bible, some believed. You know what they said? Lord, I believe. I believe. Lord, I believe. That's what we have to say, don't we? If we're going to believe, Paul and Silas told the Philippian jailer, believe what? In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you'll be saved. That's the only way. See, God had a plan. Man's changed the plan. Man's decided he's got better ways than God. Guess where it's led us to? Not very far, has it? It's led us further away from God than instead of drawing us to God. The world says, brought us away. And pulled us away by Satan's tactics, Satan's lies, as it always does. And we think it's better when it's not. Right. It's God's way or no way. God never, you know what God never did? Say, you know what? You never read the Bible or never, where God said, you know, I might have just messed up on that part right there. Let's go back and review that. No, God said what he said he said and what he meant he said. Amen. Amen. That's right. And it still sticks today. Even though we have churches and people trying to find new ways to better their ways, and they're telling and believing a lie. So, what does it mean to believe? It just simply means this understand clearly. It's that simple. But as many as received them, to them he gave power to be the sons of God. That means they became children of God. Or, children is what it means sons, children. If you're a child of God today, if you receive Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, you are a child of God. Amen. That's right. Son or daughter of God, even them that believe on his name. You see, it's the one that has complete surrender. We look at this because Jesus was in the world and is in the world. You can become a Christian by believing, and you can trust in the Lord as the Lord of your life. Over in the same book, John chapter 5, verse 43. It says this. John chapter 5, verse 43 and 44. It says, I am come in my Father's name. That means you come in the name of God. God Jehovah. Not just any God. God Jehovah. 
He said, I'm come in my Father's name, and you receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him you receive. How can you believe which receive honor one of another and seek not the honor that cometh from God who? Only. There's no other honor or glory. We may have trophies down here on the world. We may gain awards. We may be prestigious in certain fields of our life. But there's no real honor unless it comes from God. Those are earthly honors, which is good to have some decoration and things in our life. But the real true honor that's going to last past your lifetime here on earth is the one that you know through God. It takes us from here beyond what we see here. That's why when you go, you want people to say, I tell you what, those person loved the Lord. They person loved the Lord more than anything. Loved their family. <coughs> loved being around people. Loved talking about God. You see, the 10th verse, we review this here. The 10th verse declares that, we was, that He was in the world. Second, the world was made by Him. Thirdly, it didn't recognize Him. It would be like making a a really nice car and you put your name on it. But when you get there to really view it, they took all your credentials away from and your name <coughs> off of it, wouldn't it? And said, we found this car just the way it is. And you know you was a creator. You said, what are you talking about? It would be like you lost a patent on it and the copyright to it, wasn't it? Uh-huh. See, they just turned well. We don't need God. You know, there's a lot of people out there today that saying the same thing. That's right, amen. That's right. We don't need God. That's right. I want to tell you something. Anybody listening, there is coming a day when you will need God. Amen. Because it's your only hope. It's your only way out of here alive. You will need God. It's coming. But we see that in third, they didn't recognize Him. The next verse states that he came personally to his own. He took upon himself a fleshly form and came to the race to which he was united with fleshly ties and they received him not. Amen. The world and humanity in general, the world is humanity in general, which knew him not, his own is a Jewish nation who received him not. And when they rejected him, they sent him out all to the world that we were receiving. Jews, Gentiles, Hebrews, whoever, whatever. No matter where they came from, what color, uh-huh. what their background is. That Jesus Christ's blood would flow across the world right. and save mankind yep. from all their sins. It's the only hope. <coughs> it's the only way out. It's the only reason that as the redeemed will get out here is because of Jesus Christ. God made it. God set it in place. God's the very owner of your heart that beats every moment. God gives you life. And not only life here, He said, I'll give you life over there if you believe in Jesus Christ. Life don't end here. The old body dies. But you know what? There's more than the body. This is a body. But this body contains something. It's soul. And it's the body we bury, but the soul you don't. That soul goes to one or two places, heaven or hell. It's who you received or who you rejected. Receive or rejected. 
But the world will tell you, don't worry about it. There's more time. You got all this time you want. There's plenty of plenty of time to make another decision. You don't know that, do you? But guess who does? God. Amen. As I said earlier, one day you will need God. Or actually, we need God every day. That's right. To be truthful, because you can't even have enough strength to stand up if you don't have God. There's no strength whatsoever. You don't know God. You've got to know Him. If you don't, you come to know Him and have eternal life. Let's pray. Father, we thank You so much that we read these words that's so sad that Jesus came to His own they didn't receive Him. But we're glad, Father, that You sent Him. And the few that did receive Him, happy are they to have eternal life. We pray You have Your way and Your presence be known in this place today. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen.